All right, welcome everyone. Live from McKillop College Worthy in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Mac Live on Live FM. My name is Charlie and my co-host today is Alex. Our special guest today here is Ian from Gambler's Health. Hey Ian, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, no worries. So obviously you're from Gambler's Health. Can you Help, just talk about yep. that for a little bit? Well, Gambler's Help is an organisation that tries to assist people who are experiencing harm because of their gambling. Um, and we provide a range of services for them. And we also assist people who are experiencing some sort of harm because of somebody else's gambling, somebody who's in their life who's gambling, and that gambling is causing them harm. Yeah. So we provide services to those people as well. Yeah, righto. So what's like you, what made you get into this? Like, is there a reason why were you an experience of gambling or? Do you know someone that experienced gambling in your family that made you want to start doing this? Well, I take part in raffles at my bowls club and I don't win. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not a good gambler. So uh, that may be one reason why I, uh, I work for Gambler's Help. But the main reason is that uh, for my whole career, I've been working in helping industries. So, for example, I was um, – um, a secondary school teacher in mainly the western suburbs of Melbourne for about 18 years. And then I worked for Quit Victoria, people quitting smoking. I worked there for 20 years. So I've, you know, I've been um, trying to help people and uh, this was another opportunity yeah. to do that sort of work. So so um, what made you um, go from a secondary school teacher into helping Quit smoking. Um, I think people have career changes uh, reasonably often. Um, and I was at a point in my career where um, I couldn't do anything new that I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I was looking for a new challenge and so uh, that's what quit Fair offered enough, me. Yep. Yeah. And I was very fortunate because I spent – um, 12 years in the prevention program, working with schools, universities, um, oh, yeah. trying to prevent um, young people from starting smoking. And then I had um, the opportunity to manage the telephone counselling line, the quit line, which is the telephone number on the cigarette packs. And uh, I managed that program for eight years. So I had experience in prevention and cessation. So I've got a number of skills that – um, fit really nicely in the uh, gambler's help sphere. Yeah, right. What do you believe that like the biggest reason that people get into gambling is? Do you think it's like a personal issue or they see their friends doing it or they just want to try it? it as many people as there are, there are that many reasons why people get into gambling. There isn't one reason. Um, and the ideas that you've come up with are the very sorts of ideas why people start to gamble. And um, for young people, look, how old are you guys? 18. 18? Yep. Yeah. Um, you've been looking to be 18 since you were about 14, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Um, people in that sort of age group, at young adolescents, they're looking – for a way to become an adult. Mm. And what they see on the TV are advertisements of young men like you <laughs> in a group 
gambling online together mm. and they appear to be having an absolute ball. Yeah. And so you think, ah, oh, that's what adults do. That's what I want to do mm. because they're having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, like especially with us, like we see a lot of our mates, they'll go to like the pokies or whatever. Yep. And like you kind of see it becoming more and more of a habit. Yeah. I feel like that's like could lead into something else. Like what would your advice be to them? Um, <clears throat> what we know is that poker machines are one of the most dangerous forms of gambling because you can lose a lot of money very quickly. If you go to the pokies and play more than once a week and you spend more than half an hour on the pokies, you are going to be experiencing some sort of gambling harm. Mm. Now, there's a whole range. I've talked about gambling harm a bit. There are a whole range of, of harms that are associated with gambling. Finance is an obvious one. You know, you, you don't have money to spend on other things. You you can't buy um, petrol to put in the car to go to work. Mm. Um, you, you can't pay your rent or your gas bill or your electricity bill, that sort of thing. There, there's relationship problems because often people don't want to disclose that they've gone gambling. Mm. So they hide that fact. There's issues with work and study because you're focusing on the other things rather than what you should be focusing on. There are issues around people's health because when people are experiencing significant gambling harm, their health suffers. They get headaches, pains in the, the stomach, um, ulcers, because their health is being affected by their concerns around their gambling. Even if they can't really admit to themselves they've got a problem, um, they're stressed so that their mental health is, is suffering. So there's all these, all these sorts of issues that are going on for a person who's near the sort of harms I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah. So what ages do you see gambling affecting most in this generation? Look, <clears throat> a lot of young people play online games. Yep. And there are elements of gambling in a lot of those games. You know, loot boxes and the like. So that's encouraging people to spend money online and you're you're gambling. By gambling I mean that you are spending money in the hope of winning some sort of prize. Yeah. But you don't know what that prize is going to be. So if you if you've played online games, you'd know that you can get a loot box and um, you spend, let's say, a uh, hundred hundred jewels to open this loot box, and it turns out to be, uh, you know, really naffy uh, <laughs> set of shoes or something um, <laughs> that don't do anything for you in the game. Um, but you're encouraged. Oh well, I'll buy another loot box because. Yep. I'm getting. I'll get closer mm. next time. So it's encouraging young people to to gamble. Don't get me wrong, though. There's lots of great things about um, playing games online. I mean, people's eye hand coordination. You develop strategies. Um, 
often people work together in teams to to achieve a goal. These can be really, really good things to be um, working on. It's just that, like anything, if you do it to excess, that's mm. it can cause you problems. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mac Live and Live FM, live from McKillop College, wherever in Melbourne, Australia. My name's Alex, and my co-host today is Alex, and we are joined by Ian. Yeah. So, Ian, in your um, life of dealing with people that suffer from gambling, do you feel that it affects their home life? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, we have, um, we have gambling harm counsellors who help people try and change their behaviour. And we also have financial counsellors who help people work on their financial problems. So people have come to us not being able to pay their rent, having the um, bailiffs knocking on the door telling them that they're, you know, going to put their possessions out on the on the um, sidewalk. That's the extreme end of gambling harm. But we also have people who can't pay their electricity bill or, yep. you know, can't put food on the table. So the, they're, they're extremes. But often people come to us when that's where they're at, you know, when, when it, it's at an absolute drama instead of being able to recognise that they've got some issues and trying to nip it in the bud and um, get some help a bit earlier on. But, yes, we have all those sorts of issues. Um, and our, our counsellors, if there's, for example, um, a family violence issue, um, we will also help by referring the person to an appropriate service, whether it be the perpetrator or the person who's um, experiencing that harm. So we work together with other um, professionals because gambling is ingrained in a whole heap of other behaviours, mm. whether it be alcohol and drugs, whether it be um, family violence, we work with those other professionals to get the whole picture. Yeah. yeah. So are you saying that your clients are gambling longer than they had planned? I think most do. Yeah. Um, and the, the, look, the sad thing is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people um, have come to us with stories of, I had a big win at the, uh, at the pokies um, and I ended up putting it all back in and they didn't expect, expect to do that. They thought they'd walk away with their winnings, but they think, oh, I've won big once, I'll win again. Yeah. So you're saying after the, the loss, you're saying they have to return because they have the feeling that they've got to go win back their losses? A lot of people, that's what yeah. what they're doing. They're chasing their losses. Do you reckon you've seen an increase with young people that are gambling or has there been a decrease over the years and it's more commonly found in adults now? Um, if you're talking about... Uh, online gambling, it's definitely been a, an increase, mm. uh, especially amongst 18 to 34-year-old men. Um, there's been a huge increase in online gambling. Obviously, lockdown was a time when people couldn't go out um, and so a lot of people downloaded um, gambling apps to give themselves something to do because they couldn't think of anything else, mm. um, which... 
they've maintained that um, that spending. And the advertising has changed as well. So there's uh, now ads encouraging you to get together with a group of friends and gamble together. So, well, that's what Australians do. Mm. Oh, I'll get together with a group of mates and we'll have a good time. Mm. Do you reckon that the most dangerous form of gambling that you would advise for younger people to watch out for be online or directing in the casino? Because I see like a lot of people now, even like my, like my dad sometimes, my uncle, they would always be on like sports bet, betting on the footy, betting on horse races. Look, if you can afford 50 bucks on a Saturday mm. to have a punt, that's fine because that's like spending money on entertainment. If you're betting 500 bucks and you can't afford 500, mm. that's the problem. So if you can limit your spend to what you can afford, if you can limit the time you spend gambling to time that's, you know, set aside for your entertainment, all good. Mm. As long as you are, but if you are gambling longer than you expect, gambling more money than you had set aside, and if you're, like we were saying bef before, like chasing losses, that is when you've got a, mm. a bit of an issue and need to take stock. Yeah. So from like your experience, like your work throughout your years, what would you say is the earliest sign of gambling addiction that most people would just think is normal, but in reality they're actually developing a really bad habit? Um, gambling more often than they planned gambling longer than they planned and spending more money than they planned. So all of those are signs that you're starting to lose control because you're not doing what you planned because you plan. Nobody plans to lose a thousand bucks on a Saturday afternoon. Hmm. But if they plan to spend 50, if they have a couple of wins, fantastic. But if they lose the 50, yeah, exactly. And and walk away. Well, you know, you've spent what you expected to. Mm. It's a bit like going out to dinner. Do you go? You go out and spend fifty bucks on a you know a great steak. Mm. Um, but what happens if you go out and spend two hundred bucks on a great steak and you mm. didn't intend to buy a two hundred dollar steak? Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you've bought a tomahawk rather than the rather than the T bone. Mm. So um, for your stories of gambling, what are more extreme stories that you have if you're happy to share? Um, we are involved with a group called Respin, and these are people who have um, had experiences of gambling harm and then they go out into the community and share their stories. So these are, story these are examples from people who I've heard talk about their stories and they're happy to talk about them in public. One of them, um, there's a fellow who he was gambling. He, he had a really good job, was earning really good money and was just about gambling it all away. He was getting up um, after his wife had gone to bed and had gone to sleep and nicking off to the pokies venue to play the pokies and trying to get home before she woke up. Mm. Um, a couple of times she did wake up and she thought that he'd been nicking off to see his girlfriend. Mm. 
His work, on the other hand, thought he had a drug problem because he was disappearing when he was at work. And he didn't have a girlfriend and he didn't have a drug problem. What he had was a gambling problem. Mm. And then there's um, a woman who tells a story of she started gambling when she was 60, uh, started taking – she was a bookkeeper for a family business. She stole $400,000 over seven years, ended up in jail for 18 months um, because – her gambling had got to such a stage where she was stealing from the company she worked for. So from these stories, I've gathered that uh, the gambling addictions are also impacting their home life very well as long as their jobs and careers. Exactly. Yeah. So with that $400,000 that she stole, is that the most that you've heard of that people are gambling away? Oh, no. There are examples of people who have stolen millions from companies um, and th- and this woman um, she's paid back the money yeah um, it cut she had to sell, sell a house that she got from an inheritance she had to um, empty her superannuation but she paid it back and she's now going around telling people her story to try and encourage people to acknowledge they've got a problem with their gambling and to get help mm. I think like a really big issue would also be that like people would go once or twice to maybe the pokies or something and like you said earlier, like they get like a really big win and to, if there's any of those people listening now, what would like your advice to them be because they might think, oh, well, I've only been a couple of times but I've won pretty good money on it. Yeah, um, that occurs occasionally. It's a, it's a bit like Tats Lotto, you know. You hear about the person who wins the, you know, 20 million Powerball prize. You don't hear about everybody else who didn't. Mm. <laughs> One person in Australia wins it. Uh, the rest of every you never hear the story of everybody else who yeah. didn't. You never hear the story of people who spent a thousand dollars on on tickets that time and and didn't win. Mm. You only hear about the winner. People with gambling issues often only talk about their winnings. Mm. They will never say, "Oh, I, I had a big loss." Yeah. Hmm. So um, with your gambling helpline, what's your best advice for young audience? Because I'm assuming that we're going to have a fair few young audience tune into Live FM. Yep. Look, there are – if you're concerned about a, a parent or a, a brother or sister or a cousin, aunt, uncle who's gambling, you can you can search gamblers – help and get the telephone number for the youth line and that's a 1-800 number and you can speak to somebody who can talk through the issues with you and give you some ideas if you if you want to broach the subject with the person you're concerned about Mm. if as a young person you are gambling yourself you can speak to the same helpline you can also get absolutely free counselling face-to-face with a gambling harm counsellor. And if you need help with your financial situation, you can have absolutely free financial counselling help as well. And the great thing about Gambler's Help is that we are services 
right across Victoria. So every uh, local council area in Victoria has a gambler's help service. They're all free. They're all confidential. And most of the time you will get to um, speak or uh, attend with a counsellor very, very quickly. You won't be waiting months. It might just be a few days. Yeah. So that that's great because if you've heard anything about counselling, often it's hard to get hold of. Mm. And the final thing I'd like to say about that is that you can have as many sessions as you like. Yeah. A lot of services, you're only allowed to have four or five. If you need 10 sessions, you can have 10. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So what I'm gathering from the information you're saying, Gamblers Helpline don't only just help gambling, they help with all your other sorts of issues caused by gambling, such as your home life. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for our guest, Ian. It's been great. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. And this is live from McKillop College, Werribee. You're listening to Live FM. My name is Charlie. This is uh, my co-host here is Alex. And again, thank you heaps, Ian, for your time. We really appreciate it. Again, thank you for the invitation. I've really enjoyed it. (laughs) 